0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is BELIEVE.
1: We have all been in the situation. We are sweating it out, hoping Santa's elves got our packages here on time. Worry no more. Our friends at Seattle Shirt Company have us all in mind. They have an excellent selection of NFL and NBA jerseys for everyone on your list. And they are doing their part in keeping their staff employed during these tough times. So please do yours in supporting local businesses. Not only is shipping free on everything, but this week only. For all of our listeners, we have an amazing promotion. 50% off all Seahawks merchandise. Seattle shirts have it all hats jerseys hoodies and more all from the stars from yesterday to today are included from lebron james to jim brown kareem abdul jabbar walter payton mike ditka Deion sanders jerry rice and more have you seen the latest seattle kraken nhl gear just head to seattleshirt.com and enter the code believe that's b-l-e-a-v at checkout for 50 percent off all seahawks merchandise Shipping is always free. Seattle Shirt Company, helping you get ready for the holidays. Support for the ISO is brought to you by Manscaped. Yep, that's right, Manscaped. The best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Well, brought my wife in on this read, cause it's a little awkward.
2: <laughs> Thank you for that one, Dan. I actually think that this is something people probably have issues with and aren't exactly sure where to turn. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0. You might think, is this something I need? Have I ever had an incident when I probably could have used a Manscaped? Dan, I don't necessarily know that this is something you've ever had an issue with, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist.
1: Well, here you go, folks. Right now, get 20% off and free shipping with the code ISO20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ISO20. ISO 20. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for professionals.
2: It was neat to see you play. And it's fun to talk to you all these years later because you played with a lot of joy and you played with passion. And I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament.
3: <laughs> Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work.
4: Well, you know, I got to
3: salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school, trying to mimic all your moves.
2: I think there were a lot of kids who looked at Dan Dickow and said, Dan Dickow can play at this level. I can play at this level.
1: Continuing on in the new year of 2021 for the ISO podcast and SB Live Sports on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dan Dickow. Kicking off the new year 2021, we've been compiling some great stories, some great comments from many of our awesome guests in the past year. Today's will be the best of the ISO skill development. Some guests throughout the course of this season are college basketball analysts or personal skills trainers, coaches, had some great insight on things that are important to focus in in on and really develop for a young basketball player. Today's guest excerpts will include comments, stories from Jay Billis, the professor Grayson Boucher of An1 Mixtape
3: Tour, Fame, and Clint Parks. The best basketball trainers out there have philosophies and methods that are highly sought after, and in today's age of information, uh, kids looking to improve and seek out expert advice may have to wade through a lot, but there's a goldmine of information if you know how to look for it. Combino Memory is a Portland-based trainer who joined the August 28th episode of the ISO, and he's worked with uh, high school and college All-American Nigel Williams-Goss, current Nets assistant coach, Imi Udoka, who's a former NBA player, and uh, other a lot of others. The list is long. And here he talks about where he goes to seek out expert skill development advice. So here is Dan Dickow and Combino Memory.
1: You know, there are so many resources out there as compared to, uh, and I hate to date ourselves, you're a tiny bit older than I am, but I graduated Prairie High School 97 in Vancouver, you were slightly before me in the Portland area. but 95. In
4: 95. Was it Cleveland? Cleveland, yeah. I went Jeff first two years and Cleveland last two.
1: All right. So, and anybody on the national stage that's listening to this, Jefferson is a national power, one of the best basketball programs on, on the West Coast. But when we were coming up, there weren't resources. You had to go get in the gym. You had to work with older guys. When you look at all the resources that are available and out there, and you are trying to help impact. Where do you get a lot of your information? Who do you look to to kind of help guide some of your thoughts?
4: Um, And there is so much information out there, and I think that's that helped our era, um, Dan, because it made us a little more hungry that it wasn't readily available. There's so much information available. Kids just want to go on Instagram, YouTube, podcasts, like we're doing right now. But for me – Lately, I've been looking at a little bit of stuff that Mike Procorpio has been doing, and his kind of mantra is dominate simple. It goes in alignment with what I believe. Um, there's a guy named B-Ball Breakdown that's on YouTube. I mean, there's nobody just exactly. I just I pick from so many different people. Sometimes I might pick what not to do. Um, and probably the number one thing I pick is, is watching games. I watch a lot of games. I stop on I pause them. I'll be sitting there watching. I'll, I'll rewind like, oh, I got to I gotta write that down what he just said. Um, so that's probably my number one thing is, is looking at games.
1: You know, you mentioned the name Mike Procopio. He is a, a guy that I've uh, had a chance to work with a, a few times during the course of my career. He's player development director of the Dallas Mavericks. And I love his message because you're exactly right. It's dominate the simple. And, and too many trainers, too many coaches, instead of simplifying things and mastering the basics, Whether it's a trainer, they'll throw eight separate cone drills into one layup finish. Or a coach will try to uh, have five different kind of uh, misdirections going into just getting a simple entry. Where is it that you came up with, hey, you know what, let's just get back to the basics and make it simple?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, how I came into the game. Like, I'm thinking right now, just back to our time. Dan, if they would have had those type of drills like that where we developed, I, pro- I probably would have not been able to play basketball. I would have just kept playing baseball. Um, the fact that when I started working with guys, it was like, hey, you got one move, build a counter to that. And then you just kind of stayed in there. You were one of the first guys I saw that had a little bit of extra package in there. And I'm like, okay, well, you you could in and out, cross or in between the legs and stuff, you know, because um, you're doing all the pistol Pete drills and stuff. But – that's the way I've always saw the game. Um, you kind of learn the fundamentals, and then you you grow up, and that's where you get a chance to do what I call the razzle dazzle. And that's what's happening now. It's um, it's almost confusing to me to look at. I see some people. Hey, are you gonna do the carry crossover, gather step, drop step? I said, I gotta back up. Like, I must not know enough about basketball because you've just confused me.
1: <laughs> it, it is it is so true. Master the basics. Kind of uh, get the simple steps. And then you can progress.
3: You may remember the N1 mixtape tour. And if you do, you'll definitely remember the professor, the undersized ball handling wizard, uh, whose name uh, is Grayson Boucher. And he stands at 5'10", 155 pounds and has a tip or two about how to develop skills to separate yourself from the pack. He joined the ISO for the September 21st episode and detailed the steps that he took to get to where he is today. Grayson has a fascinating story going from a bench warmer on a community college team to an international streetball sensation. If you're interested in hearing more about that, uh, the whole episode is back in the feed. But uh, Without further ado, here's Dan Dickow and the professor.
1: Let's take a step back. Your upbringing in the game of basketball, what was your driving passion? What, what did you like to work on? What did you do? And then what was your high school career like before then you spent that one year at Chemeketa Community College in Salem before your big break, your big opportunity came?
0: Uh, for me, it's like like ball is life, you know? <laughs> it's funny when that, when that company Came out ball is life. It's funny because I remember he used to say that when I was younger. Like you know, my whole family was dedicated to feeding me and my brother's passion of just playing ball. You know, whether it was putting us in clinics, camps, got us a personal trainer. We were in fourth grade. Uh, you know, AAU year round. I'm going to the gym or not in my driveway 24 seven. My parents, they it's now nowadays parents ask me like, how much does my son need to be practicing to. To be like you or to, to play pro. And, and it's funny because I always tell them, like, your kid, if he's probably on that path, you'll probably be trying to figure out how you can get him not to be playing so much because too much. And so that was that was me. You know what I mean? As far as what I worked on, I was always a fan of smaller guards, especially like early on, like Rod Strickland, Tim Hardaway, and then later Allen Iverson. Um, just because those are the guys I could relate to. I was always not even a small guard, I was a tiny guard. You know, I was, my freshman high school roster, I think I was uh, 4'11", 85 pounds. <laughs> so I didn't even hit, I never really hit a growth spur. You know, by the time I graduated, I was like 5'8", 135 pounds or something like that. So, um, so yeah, emphasis of ball handling, but shooting, floater, mid-range floaters was always my thing. I never was big enough to shoulder guys all the way to the basket. That wasn't part of my game. Still isn't, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you know, you kind of touched on the love and the passion of the game, and that's something that, you know, I try to instill when I run workouts in the Spokane area for kids and where I travel to different places and talk. You have to have a love for the game. Um, You have to have a love for the game. You have to have what I feel is a reverence for the game or a knowledge of the game for the guys that came before you. You Mm -hmm. mentioned a couple guys that I loved watching. Rod Strickland, Tim Hardaway, and then a guy that I had to guard and I had no chance in Allen Iverson. Break those guys' game down really quickly. And when you were growing up, because I get this question a lot, hey, what move do I need to be working on? You probably took those moves that you saw on video and then would try to replicate them over and over again in the driveway. Break those guys' game down and what you took from each of them to create your own style. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Uh, first off, you know, Tim hardway and Alan Iverson, the, that crossover. You know, I think when I was in fourth or fifth grade, one of the the first or second moves that my trainer had shown me was like the Allen Iverson crossover. And uh it was crazy. I like I, I feel like literally I'm walking in my purpose playing like an entertaining style of basketball to entertain people because I literally had memorized, or excuse me, I mastered that crossword in like a week or two. And now mind you, that is like a ridiculous amount of hours per day dedicated to the game. And like you said, doing it over and over and over. Um, but Alan and I, you know, or excuse me, let's go back. Starting with Rod Strickland, what I liked about him was that uh, I think I was drawn to the fact he was a scoring guard. And I think, I, w- I don't know, I was always a, a scoring point guard, which I don't know if that was best, you know, in the, in the conventional scheme of things, but I like that. He was an amazing finisher at the basket. And then I remember him always just like being really crafty with whatever defense was thrown at him. Like he, he had a great like spin game. Um, He was really quick. He could always play, create just nonstop driving to the basket. So that was what drew me to him. And then um, Tim Hardaway's killer crossover. I was really captivated by there was those tapes, those VHS tapes back in the day. It was like the NBA jam session. And I remember I watched those like religiously and, and the segment that's on his killer crossover was just like mind blowing to me. I was like, I have to memorize, I have to master this move right here. And then later with AI, I think it's ever, you know, fan favorite, everybody's uh, guy. You know, the, that that killer crossover. When that became legal, you know what I mean? Like like putting your hand on the side of the ball. I think that opened up a whole new dimension of the game.
1: You know, that's I, I love hearing you describe Rod Strickland um, and his ability to finish and his craftiness. I think he's one of the point guards kind of in that you know, early 90s stretch that doesn't get the amount of recognition that maybe he deserves. And yeah. unfortunately, so many people will say, and don't take this the wrong way, Grayson, because you didn't play in the NBA or didn't, didn't take a, a traditional route, your yeah. opinion doesn't matter. But the fact that the way you describe the fact that he can finish – he was crafty and he could understand what a defense was trying to take away shows to me that, you know what, you understood the game and you you, you learned the game and you worked on the game to, to have an impact on your career and watching him is, is absolutely impressive. And I love to hear that. And That's at great. some point, at some point, hopefully I have Rod Strickland on this, this ISO podcast and I am going to file that note away. And I, and I took <laughs> notes here. I'm gonna love. file that note away and I'm gonna make that make that comment to him because um that shows to me that you're a student of the game, you love the game, you watched it more than just a typical person's viewpoint. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, lived it, lived it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you were from the Northwest in the Portland area, the point guard stretch went like this. And correct me if I'm wrong, it went Terry Porter, Rod Strickland, Damon Stoudamire. Yeah. And then there was a long stretch before Damian Lillard has really brought back the Portland Trailblazer point guard position to a, to a position of respectability, I guess you could say.
3: ESPN basketball analyst Jay Billis wrote a book on toughness. It's called Toughness, Developing True Strength On and Off the Court. He came into the SB Live Sports studios early in 2020, before the pandemic. Uh, You can find that whole conversation on the SB Live Sports YouTube page. And in this podcast feed, it was republished on October 18th. In this clip, he talks about the importance of developing kids around how their approach can impact a team concept. So here is Dan Dickow and Jay Billis
1: obviously you had a success at duke um as a player um then you went on to become an assistant coach and now you're a broadcaster but one of the most interesting things i think that i've seen that you do is is you you've become an author you wrote the book toughness and in talking about high school sports um, many parents can have a bigger impact than they realize in supporting their kids in the right way and you had a couple of things in your book um talking about the support your parents gave you in your high school career
5: what is a Perfect, or, or what is a proper role for parents at the high school level? That's a good question. I don't know that I know the answer to that. I know what I see, you know, in the camp that I run and, you know, all the, all the things that, that both you and I do out there. You know, you see parents. And then, you know, I've been a parent myself and, and shepherded my boy through the AAU process, which wasn't easy. And he was a walk-on, just graduated from Wake Forest and, and was a walk-on there for Danny Manning. You know, first and foremost is support is, is you know, you want to support your child in whatever they want to do, but you also have to help them, you know, make the right decisions. The, the hardest thing now is the specialization part of it, in my judgment, that, you know, when I was a kid, you played whatever sport was uh, in season, and year-round basketball was on you. Like, mm-hmm. if you wanted to play year-round, then you, you, you hauled your butt to the playground with a ball under your arm, and you played. That was on you. There, you didn't have the opportunity to play year-round back then. So everybody played, we all played basketball, we all played baseball, uh, and we all went to summer school so that we could uh, take PE and practice with our teams. Um, and we played, our, our high school teams played together in, in high school summer league as opposed to traveling around as much. Now you feel like you're being left out if you're not traveling as much. And, uh, you know, on your AAU team, you feel like you're falling behind. Yeah. And everybody's got individual coaches now. And so when my kid was going through it, he would go to these individual work sessions. And because of liability reasons, everything's one on O. So you're dribbling through cones and doing finishing and, you know, you got all these, you know, they, they study NBA players. So you're doing, you know, you're doing Kobe Bryant counter moves and Mm -hmm. uh, progressions and all this stuff. And, and I wound up coaching my son's AAU team. And I remember we played against this one really good team and, you know, they were denying entry passes and really pressuring the ball and, I remember calling a timeout. I go, why didn't you use your little Kobe series there? <laughs> Come on, man. Run through your seven step progression and do your Kobe move. Like, it's a lot different out here. Yeah. Like, you got to move without the ball and get your work done before you catch it. Like, why don't you do something before you catch it? And so you're trying to, to undo what's been done. And you do nothing but individual work. At the end of it, you get an individual. So, how can you put your, your kid in a position where they're going to learn that it's a five person? it's a it 's a five man team game out there, mm-hmm. and you know not everything is going to happen after you catch it and How many players are there like in in your basketball life, how many players did you play against that could operate that 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 could do whatever they wanted after they caught it
1: yeah i mean it's very few I mean very I look few. at the fact that y- you always have one guy typically that stands out on a team uh, regardless of how good the team is that 's the guy and then maybe two supporting guys, and then everyone else kind of fills in a role Mm -hmm. as a blend guy. Um, But you're right in the fact that so many things are are set up for success in workouts. And you mentioned the word compete. If it's not easy, kids at times don't know how to compete. So people, the coaches that can teach the kids the skills and how to compete is huge.
3: Clint Parks is a basketball trainer who has worked with Kawhi Leonard, Tony Snell, Kyle Kuzma, Ben McElmore, and uh, many more players that, whose names you would know. He's run an AAU program, and he has a lot to say about how to build a player, a complete player. He joined the October 23rd episode of the ISO in the wake of the NBA bubble championship and uh, talked about the importance of Loving basketball, among other things. So here is Clint Parks and Dan Dickow.
1: You mentioned a couple guys. Kyle Kuzma just won a title. Kawhi Leonard is someone who you've worked with uh, since they were fairly young. Uh, Tony Snell is another guy that you worked with who spent some time in the NBA. When you go back to your time in Southern California and you began training players and running an AAU program, what were some of the things that you tried to build your program or your philosophy upon? Because I can only imagine in L.A. there is so much talent that the top AAU programs are going to just, quote-unquote, act like vultures and try to take, take the top guys, throw them together, and win with talent as opposed to build the player. Uh, what was your philosophy when you built your, your training program and in, in, in your teams?
2: It was almost along the lines of, like, sort of with – like, you see at, like, San Diego State and Gonzaga, like, a mid-major program where it's – you're not going to get the best guy because we don't have a shoe – we're independent. We didn't have a shoe deal. But it's like, okay, let me find – the let me, let me go out – it's it's defined and develop model pretty much and model. And it's uh, – let me find the kid who has talent, obviously because you got to have talent. We all know that. And then let's try to mold them and try to teach them the game and try to get the best out of them and, you know, like – it's finding kids that that really love the game and want to work hard. And that was what we kind of like, I've always, you know, I think I'm pretty good at being able to evaluate players and be able to see, and then you, you get to know a kid. Okay. Does he really love basketball? That's the first thing. Do you love basketball? And so you try to find guys that love the game first and foremost, they don't love what the game can bring them. You know, that's a big difference. You play in the NBA. So, you know, a lot of guys love what the game can bring them, but they don't truly love the game. And so you're not going to develop. You're not going to reach your full potential. So we just try to find guys that are sleepers, that are under the radar, and then just implementing, just pushing them every day and getting them to understand the work you got to put in. This is a – like, to get to the level you got to, I tell guys this, it's six days a week. It just is. You want to get to college and you want to play afterwards. Like, all the guys that I've had success, that I've seen have success, whether it be the highest level of the NBA or working with somebody like Corey Higgins – who's playing with Barcelona right now, they're they're committed to it nonstop. And it's not just it's, – it's, it's, you're, you're obsessed with it. And so that's what I've always tried to do is find guys that really want to work at it and that that love the game.
1: Well, you found a couple guys uh, in the Riverside area that wanted to work the game and love the game. And, and you and I have talked about this uh, at, at different times since we got to know each other a few years back. Uh, and I'm talking in, in regards to Tony Snell and Kawhi Leonard. You know – Riverside is outside of LA by an hour or maybe a little bit more. They don't have, you know, maybe the amount of opportunities that somebody from LA has to to play in the amount of events or get the exposure, but you pinpointed those guys early. They trusted you. They believed in you and you shared them with them a plan that if they worked at it, they might have opportunities to further their careers. When you find found guys like that, What's your, what's your sole focus? I know you talked a little bit about big picture philosophy of work, but when you talk about the details of the game, what was important for you when you began working with those guys?
2: It's really just step one, man, every day. It's, it's, it's the basics. It's, um, it's starting out with stuff like being able to use your left hand, being able to be um, having a good shot fake, knowing how to use your, knowing, having, having, um, having good footwork in the paint. You know, learning how to play off of two feet, you know, mic and drills, being able to pass. And then just a lot of this stuff is mundane. You know this. And I, I, I had a conversation with Casey Jacobson. Um, I think it might have been like two years ago now almost or a year ago. And he was like, man, I really, when I, was, when I was coming up and he was like, I was doing the same stuff every day over and over and over and over. Not, you know, a lot of guys get caught up in, um, I did this today. Well, I don't want to do it tomorrow because it's boring. I want to do something different. No, so the only way to master something is to do it day after day after day, and that's what we try to, that's what I did with all all of my guys, to be quite frank, is just you pound it, and you're and and you doing it so much, it's like we heard with Kobe Bryant. You're doing it so much over and over again to where you get to the game, and it's just second nature. Like, you know you know, if I get to a certain spot, or if I get here, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to make this shot. I'm going to be able to create this for myself or for my teammates, and that was something that, you know, those guys bought into is is accepting that, you know what, it's not going to be – it's not always going to be fun. Every workout is not going to be, oh, I had the most fun today. And I try to get guys to to understand this, Dan, is that you know what's fun is stepping on that court and knowing you're the best player and nobody can guard you no matter what they do. That's fun. Getting in the game and not being able to get your shot off or having to go to the corner and somebody else create for you and being the guy that can never create his own shot—that's not fun. And so the only way you're going to get to your game to that point is to do the little things. It's not always about being, as you know—I don't want to keep harping on that—but you weren't the tallest, the most athletic. You didn't jump the highest, you know. But you—you think the game when you're able to think the game, and, and your fundamentals are sharper than everybody else's. You're going to get—you're going to get places on the court that a lot of guys can't get because they don't have those tools.
1: You're so right. And the great players love the preparation. The great players love the little details um, because the little details, when you stack them on each other daily, that creates a, a tremendous foundational base for a game to really blossom and grow and have an opportunity. You don't see that with a lot of trainers and you, what you see with a lot of coaches is be leery of many quote unquote skills trainers because of the lack of what you just mentioned. The, the the attention to detail, the focus, is the footwork.
3: Just after the outside of the pandemic, Mike Nilsson was the first guest on Dan Dekow's podcast when he started churning out episodes daily in the early days. Uh, he is the strength and conditioning coach for Gonzaga's women's basketball team. He was the WCC Defender of the Year at the turn of the century, and he joined in the early days of the stay-at-home orders in Washington to talk about how athletes can continue to stay sharp and improve uh, without the ability to uh, access everything that they are used to accessing. Now, in Washington and some other parts of the country where high school sports are still sidelined, his message is just as relevant today. So here is Mike Nilsen and Dan Dickow.
1: You know, there's there's steps to earning people's trust and then there's steps to really being able to be, part of an inner circle where people trust you to, um, help them get to the next level that they want. And so I love the way you outline that. And, you know, the other piece that I think is very important in these times is, um, because of everything that's going on, uh, nutrition always tends to be, you know, an interesting touch point for, for athletes. It seems to be an interesting touch point for society in general, um, you know you do a really good job with with uh, with your hoop commitment stuff of focusing on on proper nutrition for for athletes um, This can be an interesting time though because students maybe aren't at school where they they have a access to a a great lunch or maybe a coach that's willing to to help them out with a, a protein bar or a snack here or there um, and the grocery stores are are something else to navigate at this time unfortunately. What would your advice be to athletes, and and more importantly, I guess, parents, of how to um, really make sure their nutritional needs are covered? Well, you'll
6: notice I love to do everything in threes because I think three is the simplest form of complexity. So you notice there's three levels to leadership. You can't try and serve your athletes and start telling them what they need to do if you haven't passed level one, which is build a relationship, or if you haven't done level two, which is lead by example. And I would say the same thing with the three levels of nutrition. Now is a great time to practice nutrition, and what what we're going to find is that most people take a bunch of steps back in this category because when you get stressed or when you get thrown out of routine, usually nutrition is the biggest thing that pays. And so the three things I would have athletes do is, number one, make sure you get enough food in. You know, when you get thrown off a schedule, that's usually what happens is that you start missing meals. And when you're going to school, you wake up every morning, it's really easy to eat breakfast right before you leave. But now if athletes are sleeping in until 10, 11, they might wake up at 9, but they might not be hungry, and so next thing you know, they're getting their first meal by noon or 1. And now the, the most important thing you could do if you want to be able to maximize performance and health is make sure you have the right amount of, of food in. So if, you're, if I'm talking to parents or athletes, the first thing you could do is get up and get some good nutrition in. make sure you're eating your three meals a day plus one or two snacks. So now if you're doing level 1, if you're eating four to five times a day, Then the next thing that you want to do is you're going to want to make sure you have the right macronutrient breakdown. So for that breakfast, is it just toast and some oatmeal and a piece of fruit? Well, that's just carbohydrate, carbohydrate, carbohydrate. Even though there's three different uh, food sources, it's just one energy source, carbohydrate. So you want to look at each one of those meals and make sure you have a, a protein source and a fat source. So if you're getting enough meals in, level one, and you're getting protein, carbs, and fat, then this is the highest form of nutrition. This is level three, which is whole foods. And a whole food is anything where the name of the food is the ingredient of the food. And so we know the apple is a whole food because the ingredient of an apple is an apple. The ingredient of chicken is chicken. And when you're at this level three of nutrition, that's when you start saying, man, how many single food ingredients can I get in throughout the day? And really, that's the highest level you need to get at. You don't you don't need to weigh and measure your food. You don't need to take you know expensive supplements if you're getting enough food in. To say five meals a day with protein, carbs, and fats, and you're fighting to get those whole foods in, you're going to be ahead of 95% of the athletes as far as the nutrition
1: goes. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I love the fact that you break it down into three levels in each of these three very vital components, uh, not only for athletes, but for parents, for coaches, for teachers, um, really people in general if they're they're wanting to to be successful in whatever endeavor they're after last question for you mike so if if people are listening i would imagine they're interested in hearing more about you know your philosophy or your approach how can people follow the hoop commitment and kind of get the ability to to learn more of what you teach and, and how you teach it
6: I want to be able to stay in shape and train and be able to keep their mind sharp and their spirit high, but you got to train your body. So go on every day. I got a new workout for you. That could be strength or conditioning or balance or coordination. And then for athletes, I have a five minute ball handling routine every day with a professional basketball player. Matter of fact, I have your five minute video coming out here in the next week. (laughs)
3: That's it for the best of the ISO player development episode. We'll continue this series on Monday with the best advice in the basketball recruiting process with guests like ESPN's Paul Biancardi. Stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening. Subscribe. We'll be back Monday.